Get ready for the Synthesizer Library podcast. Because, let's face it, synthesizers are just cool. And we're back. Welcome to the Synthesizer Library podcast. This is Adam Anderson. I'm your host for the show. And this is episode two. Today we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the synthesizer basics. We're going to cover filters and LFOs. But before we get into that, I wanted to clear up a little bit that I probably forgot to mention last time. Um, When we were talking about oscillators, I didn't mention the fact that you can tune the oscillators. and, And that's an important function of the oscillator. So, um... Most of the synthesizers, especially if they have multiple oscillators available, allow you to go in and adjust a parameter where the oscillator can be slightly out of tune with the main oscillator. You might leave one oscillator exactly in tune and and detune the others. And that's going to be important as we get into the discussion today because we're going to use that tuning feature. Just um, when you go to tune those, you can adjust them to be an octave below, two octaves below, so you get a nice deep fat sound, or or maybe you want an octave above the original tone. You can do all sorts of tuning, or you don't have to do octaves. You can do seconds and thirds and fourths. Just uh, don't do fifths, because then when you're playing a melody, you'll end up playing parallel fifths, and my music theory teachers would not be very happy with that. Actually, I'm just kidding. You can go ahead and and make fifths. Just don't do tritones, the flatted fifth. Well, you can even do that if you want. All right. Anyway, so let's get into today's topic. Uh, the first thing we're going to talk about, though, before we get to LFOs, is filters. So most synthesizers will have a filter. In fact, I think they all do. But most of the synthesizers actually will have just one type of filter. And that is the low pass filter or LPF. And what this means is that on the filter, you'll pick a certain frequency, which is the cutoff frequency, and all the lower frequencies below that point will be allowed to pass through the filter and it'll be what you hear. Everything above that cutoff frequency gets removed. And you kind of think, well, why would I want to remove all of those frequencies? And Um, if you think back to our discussion about the different types of oscillators and how there were all these harmonics available, especially in things like the saw wave, you end up with this really crowded space of harmonics. And by using a filter, you can remove unnecessary frequencies or the ones that you don't want. So that just allows you to shape your sound a little bit. Um, If you think about removing the upper frequencies of your sound... all you're going to be left with are sort of the lower frequencies, and that gives you more of a deep, dark tone, where if you want a big, bigger, brighter sound, you'll open up that filter or move the cutoff frequency higher to let more and more of the higher frequencies through, and that will brighten up your sound. So a lot of times it's um, easy to get confused when you think about low-pass filter, because the words low and filter are there, so you you might automatically think, oh, I'm going to filter out the lows. But remember, it's low pass filter. So we're going to allow the lower frequencies to pass through. 
So a low pass filter free, uh, filters out higher frequencies. And here's an example of a low pass filter where the cutoff frequency is fairly low, so you have a nice dark tone. And then increasing the cutoff frequency gradually will brighten up the sound like this. Okay, let's take a closer look at that cutoff frequency though. Earlier I said that the cutoff frequency is the point where all the frequencies below that point will be allowed through and everything above will be removed. Well, it's not exactly true because it's not a sharp cutoff where absolutely every frequency above that point is removed. The fact of the matter is, is that that filter has kind of a curve on it and different filters have different um, slopes of their curve. And what that means is that at that cutoff frequency, the higher frequencies are start to be reduced until they are completely removed. But at the cutoff frequency, uh, not all of the frequencies are immediately removed. And in fact, um, if you go in and your, your filter and your synthesizer has the ability to change the slope, you might see something like a 12 dB per octave or a 24 dB per octave reduction where the 24 dB per octave is a sharper cutoff and removes the higher frequencies at a quicker rate. The difference in the 24 dB per octave versus the 12 dB per octave can be pretty subtle to listen to, especially in certain frequency ranges. So unless you're listening very, very closely, you might not even be able to hear that difference. But it's good to know that it's there in case you want to have a sharper reduction in those frequencies. Okay, the other common parameter that you'll see with filters is the resonance. So resonance is related to the filter cutoff frequency. And what that means is that if you crank up the resonance on your filter, then you get a bump of the frequencies at that cutoff frequency. So they're boosted. And what it sounds like is, well, here's what it sounds like. So the effect is really an exaggeration of the filter and what it's doing. So when you want to hear what your filter sounds like, you can boost the resonance. So another type of filter you might see on a synthesizer is a high pass filter. It's a lot less common than the low pass filter and it's basically the opposite of the low pass filter. So you're given a cutoff frequency and everything above that cutoff frequency is allowed through high pass filter and everything below that cutoff frequency is removed and a lot of times the high pass filter is a much more simple control where maybe you just turn it on or slowly bring it up you usually or sometimes don't have the resonance and um yeah it's a lot more simple to use and you might think well, why would I want to remove the lower frequencies from my sound? And it eff effectively thins out your sound. And that's not usually what us synthesists are looking for, a thin sound. Usually we like to talk about having a fat sound. Um, but if you're bringing your synthesizer track into a mix with other instruments where they're all fighting for uh, presence in the mix and 
uh, trying to cover the same frequency range, you might find that removing some of the lower frequencies from your synthesizer track is going to make it sit better in the mix. So it's really handy to use when you're mixing. Maybe not so much when you're trying to do sound design. It might be kind of distracting and make you think that your synth doesn't sound very good. So keep it in mind for, for mixing especially. But let's listen to an example. Here's what it sounds like bringing a high-pass filter into the sound. All right, let's just mention one more type of filter. That's the band-pass filter. And this is really just a combination of the two, of a low-pass and a high-pass. So what it does is it leaves everything in the middle of the frequency range um, in the sound. So it, it filters out the extreme lows and the extreme highs. And this is probably even less common than the other two. But really you can accomplish what a bandpass filter will do by using a low pass filter and a high pass filter together. All right, so now you know about filters. You know how to remove certain frequencies um, above or below a certain threshold cutoff frequency. You know how to give your filter a boost at the cutoff frequency with resonance. But what if you want your sound to kind of start out dull and brighten up or change over time? Can your filter do that? Well, yeah, it can. But what you have to do is use some sort of modifier to, to change the filter cutoff frequency over time. And you know what's a really good modifier for that? The envelope. We talked about envelopes last time, how they shape the sound over time. We specifically talked about how they shape the volume over time, but nothing stopping us from shaping the filter cutoff frequency or the tone of our sound over time using an envelope. Now some filters are, sorry, some synthesizers will have multiple envelopes available, maybe one for the amplitude of the sound and one for the tonal quality of the sound or the filter. So here's what it sounds like to have a envelope that affects the filter cutoff frequency. Of course, some more basic synthesizers might only have one envelope available, but they usually will allow you to uh, control both the volume and the filter if that's the case. So let's talk about something else we can use to modify the filter cutoff frequency. It's time to talk about LFOs. But before we do that, let me just pause and remind you that this podcast is currently seeking sponsors. If your company is interested in sponsoring, please contact me at synthlib.com or by emailing me directly at adam at synthlib.com. Okay, back to LFOs. An LFO is a low-frequency oscillator. Last time we talked about oscillators as the tonal source for our synthesized sounds. Well, those were oscillators which operate within the audible range of human hearing. We're not going to get too technical here, but it just happens to be something that you can hear. The frequency of the wave has a cycle of a certain number of rotations per second, and that frequency is measured in hertz and is abbreviated HZ, capital HZ. Um, a low frequency oscillator is also an oscillator, 
but it has a frequency so low that it doesn't generate any sound, at least not something that we humans can hear. So instead of listening to an LFO, we use it to modulate or change something else. And a classic example of LFO modulation is modulating the filter cutoff frequency. Another example that we'll get into is modulating the pitch. But in this example, a sequence of notes are going to be repeated while the LFO varies the filter. Notice how the sound gets brighter than darker with each passing note. This technique makes the pattern more interesting over time. In fact, if the LFO frequency is out of sync with the length of the pattern, then each repeated section could have a different sound each time. Or other times you might want to have the exact same sound but varied within the same pattern. So you might synchronize the LFO's frequency with the length of the pattern. Okay, so now think of what it would sound like if I made the LFO modulate the pitch instead. We have a musical term for something where the pitch changes up and down over time. It's called vibrato. In this example, I'll speed up the LFO somewhat and delay it slightly. This way the initial note is in tune and the vibrato comes in slightly after the note begins. Another classic use for modulating pitch is when you have more than one oscillator in your, in your sound and you use an LFO to constantly detune the second oscillator. This gives a chorus effect. Okay, now so far I've only been using a classic sine wave for the LFO. But what if you were to use some of our other basic waveforms? You might use a square or a saw or triangle to give kind of a sharp uh, character to the filter cutoff frequency changes or to the pitch variation. Um, and some synths even offer noise as the LFO type. And in this case, it's really a random change over time. And what if you wanted to modulate the modulation with a second LFO? Or what if you wanted to modulate some other parameter like the overall volume? Sometimes we call this tremolo. Or what if you want to modulate filter res resonance or some of the envelope parameters? Well, the answer to these questions is kind of what makes synthesis so interesting and how it's a, why it's a topic that doesn't ever get boring, at least to some of us. And in fact, fans of modular synthesis have built a whole industry around what-if scenarios like this. So this is where I'm going to turn it over to you, your homework for today. Go grab a synth and experiment. Between the last episode where we talked about oscillators and envelopes, and this one where we talked about filters and LFOs, you should now be comfortable with those basic controls and start to be able to design your own sounds. All right, so I'll see you next time. This is a short episode, but we'll have more to come. So check us out at synthlib.com. See you later.